0: Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of my interview with Dana Childs. We covered so much ground, and I think what you're gonna find in this part of the episode is that it feels totally different than the first part. So if you didn't listen to part one, it's more of kind of like a introduction to energy, energy healing, energy associated with like emotions, things like that. This is the story of really Dana's breakdown to breakthrough You know, if you're someone listening and you feel like your life is just not working for you, you feel like you are playing dress up, this life does not fit you anymore, you're unhappy, you're feeling just really miserable about your day to day, there is a place you can pivot. You can start creating the life you love. And it starts with being curious, curious about the things you're attracted to, curious about the things that are pulling you. And more than that, What would happen if you didn't judge it? What would happen if you didn't get in your own way and dismiss these things that are pulling at you that really represent your core essence, who you are, your most authentic self? So we start out the episode learning a little bit more about how Dana pivoted from her corporate high-paying job and made a drastic life change to follow those things that were pulling her, even though she had no idea where it was leading her. I think you're gonna find inspiration from this. I think you're gonna find steps that you can take in your own life to get curious. If you feel like your life is not lighting you up and you wanna create something new, do not miss this episode. I think you're gonna leave feeling like you've got inspiration, you've got ideas of how to start tuning into this. I really just think I'm fired up. I can't wait for you to listen to it. So without further introduction, let's jump into part two. How did you become aware that you have this gift? Like how, because you mentioned to me you were in corporate previously. So like, did you have like just this sudden pivot or like, what did that look like for you?
1: Spiritual awakenings often look like break nervous breakdowns. So when you feel like, Oh my God, my life isn't working for me. My life isn't working for me. Like you just, you just get to this breaking point. You're often having a cracking open episode. I'm sure it must be the way the seed feels when it's starting to like break open and grow. It's like, Oh my God, I'm coming apart, you know? But I, so I was a teacher for seven years and I did inner city school and I taught abroad and ran a business English program. And then I got into corporate. So I did corporate finance and corporate marketing for, for a big bank. And during this, it was a very male-dominated environment that I was in. And we're talking—I would go to a meeting, and I point-blank remember a man looking at me going, "Oh, you're really cute. I see why you got this job." And it was like, "I'm also really smart. So are we going to do this or not?" You know. And I had my boss at the time, everybody on the team. There was a—we were supporting. There was a small team supporting, like. I can't remember, it was like 10 or 12 big business managers in finance. And these big business managers were all men, not one single woman. They all had to do a leadership test from like a, you know, a psychological sort of evaluator. And I did that when I got hired on this team, they put me in and they did the leadership test. And my boss, who was male, uh, looked at me and said, wow, you scored higher on the leadership test than any of our managers and I said, great. And he goes, yeah, it must be because your dad was like military and football coach. And but we also can't tell any of the men what you scored. And wow. so it was like, say what? You know, it was just that idea of like, A, we have to hide how great of a leader you are because other people will feel threatened. And B, you're not just a natural born leader, you got this because your dad. You use know, so it all had to come from a, a male. And so that was the kind of environment. And I just started putting my. I did yoga and I just got into yoga and I started doing it, doing it, doing it. And I did a yoga teacher training program. And in this yoga teacher training program, one of my teachers happened to have, I don't, I think she might've studied like at a psychic school or something. And so she taught meditation and all these other things. And as she started teaching, and I had been familiar with chakras, like back in the day, I had taken a class. And so I knew it because I had always been interested in it, Um, but I didn't know the application of it. You know, I thought everybody, and when we would do the chakra class, and this was like, I was in my twenties. We would go around the room and and as people were meditating, I would say, oh, I see this around your head and this around your body and this. And I just thought it was normal. I didn't know it was different. And so when I started doing yoga, I I remember starting to see dead people. That was how it first opened to me. And I remember just like, this doesn't feel right because I live alone. There should be no one here, but there are two people standing over there in the corner and you just stay in your place and I'll stay in mine and we won't bother each other. And it kept opening and opening and I would just know more things And I called around and looked for someone to help me understand it. And no one knew of anyone. And so the more aware I got, the more, the more just aware I was of like, my life doesn't work for me. I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy riding the elevator to the 33rd floor or 30th, whatever floor we were on in this corporate building and leaving my personality in the lobby and having to pretend to be something I'm not, or to go along with what everybody wants. And I just was so miserably unhappy I was choosing bad relationships that didn't serve me. I was doing, making poor choices for life. My grandfather died. My marriage had ended. I mean, it was just like a wreck. I contemplated suicide and I had it all laid out and all ready. And then my dog walked in the room and I was getting ready. And I was like, oh my God, who will feed my dog? This, I can't do this to my dog. And so I just thought, okay, I just, I need a different life. And so I sold Everything I owned in the middle of the economic downturn, packed a backpack and bought a one-way ticket to India. And I just traveled and studied and learned whatever I want. And it was there where I started just information would come in and I would be like, oh, my God, it's like I know something I'm not supposed to know. or I know something nobody else does. And then I would meet these teachers along the way and I let myself whatever I felt attracted to or pulled to, I would do or I would learn. I met a medium who taught me mediumship. I met a person who taught me Reiki. I met a person who taught me energy healing with crystals. I met a person who taught me past life regression. And it was just like, I just learned all of these things. And so when I came back to the States just to visit, I thought a friend of mine said, what did you learn? And I did a reading for him. And he said, oh my God, a friend of mine would like this. And he sent me a friend and then she sent me a friend. And then I just went, oh, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. And it just really happened naturally. But when I look back, like once my gifts really started opening, I could see, I remember teaching middle school and high school. And I remember the vice principal came up to me and said, pointed to a kid and said, what's her name? And I said, it's Jennifer, I can't remember her name. And the vice principal yelled Jennifer and she came walking over. And I realized I didn't know who this student was at all. And I had no idea how I knew her name. And so when I look back, there were All these things that were so clear that I just didn't know because I didn't know myself. I didn't know what was happening. The kids used to make fun of me, my students, and they would be like, this child, you have eyes in the back of your head. You know everything all the time. And I think it made me a really good teacher because I was tuned into what they needed. You know, what they needed and what was going on at home and all these different components. So I feel like we're all intuitive. This isn't some magical gift you have or you don't. We all have it. It's just we either tune in and pay attention or we don't. And I also look at it like sports. We can all do some kind of a sport. We may not be really talented at it, right? We may be really great at marathon running and really bad at basketball. So we have within our intuition, we can do it. We may be naturally skilled at some things that we excel at really easily and with practice, it always gets better. Or we just may have a natural talent level that's kind of low and that's what we do.
0: It's interesting is that it's so universal. I think about whether it's people I know in my life, people that have been on the podcast of like this moment when we just stop resisting who we're meant to be and like start taking, right? It's like, it's unbelievable when you said things just sort of like naturally kind of came into place. Like the next step was revealed. We resist that. And then gosh, even talking about thinking about like energy, I just think about the energy that it's producing in our bodies when we are resisting, like what's actually calling to you for your freaking life. If you just stop, being worried about, I'm supposed to be on XYZ career path,
1: or what will someone think? Yeah. Like go do what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And it's interesting too, because I think we tell ourselves all the reasons we can't do that. We can't change our life. I remember telling someone about like, oh, I just traveled the world for a year and a half and you know, did whatever I wanted to do. And I, I saved up. I blew through my savings, right? Because a year and a half of that working was pretty tight. I came back with $5,000 to my name. But I remember talking to someone, and she said, "Well, I can't do that. You know, I have I have kids and a family." And I said, "It's interesting that you say that because I have a good friend, and her whole family—they did it together. They bought a sailboat, they cashed out their stocks and bonds, bought a sailboat, sailed the world, had the most amazing time together. Meanwhile, the economic economic downturn happened, and every all their friends lost everything. they had invested their savings in this like life journey. And so I'm like, we make excuses because we're afraid." we're scared. And so we make excuses. There is always a way to upend your life, to change something, to turn something over. I think we're also afraid of alienating other people, which gets to the impact part, right? We don't want to disappoint people. So we're really afraid of that. And we're afraid of what people might, they might judge us or they might push us away. I know when I was getting ready to just sell my house and go, my dad would call me every day and this my parents don't call like if i want to talk to them i call them we talk a couple times a month maybe right and so he was calling every day because he knew how depressed i was he knew it was bad when he was calling i just he said just come home and like let's just get our brain around it and i had made this list of things i could do because i knew what i was doing wasn't working and it was like i could open a yoga studio i could learn massage i could enclose my garage and do massage for people i could you know and then i was like just sell everything and travel and as I'm going over this with my dad, he was like that your eyes lit up like that seems so like it would make you happy. Why don't you do that? And I said, God, I'm in my 30s. I have everything people want, the high paying job, the car, the house, the dog. The And he was like, mm, how happy are you? It's stuff. You can buy the stuff back. You travel the world, do your thing. My mom, meanwhile, was pissed. My dad, she was like, Oh, fine. Go with her. Right. Fine. You just both go travel the world. I see if I care, you know, and mom was like, just move to LA, become an actress. And I was like, "What? this doesn't make any sense. She didn't want me to go her fears. And if I had been so dialed into her and less desperate for a change of aspiration that pushed me, then I would maybe not have gone, but I was so desperate and so close to not wanting to live that I did for me. And when I came back after that year and a half, my dad looked at me and he said, wow, this is the best thing you've done for yourself. You just seem more in your skin than you ever have. And my mom said the same thing. She was like, you just seem more at peace, you know? And then she was so excited about the gifts that opened. She was like pimping me out to family members to give (laughs) readings, you know? So, so it's people that love us are afraid when we start to make big changes. And we just have to really honor our truth because eventually they will come on board too. And when we do that deep kind of dive to regain our connection to our authentic self and really claim our purpose in life and what we're meant to be, it impacts it. It rolls out to our family and friends as well. And so my family's done a lot of healing, not because they went to therapy and went to psychic school or whatever, but because they just are like, oh, what you're doing is working. How do we be more mindful of that? Can we be aware of this? You know, they're starting to pay attention. So anytime, yeah, anytime we heal ourselves and open ourselves, it always ripples out, even if initially we're afraid that it won't.
0: So something I'm thinking about as you say that is because I think that you we pick up on the centralized word or theme of fear. Earlier you mentioned like, was it anger being the like the flip side emotion of sadness? Like, is there a flip side when fear, like what is that? mean to you? And I'm curious of if someone is feeling fearful, what's underneath that? What is left to be explored when someone's feeling fearful a lot in their life?
1: I see it as two things. Fear, I think, is survival mechanism. So if there's, you're on the train tracks and a train's coming at you, you're going to feel fear because you need to move to survive. So I do think there's a fear response that is survival. And then the other piece is fear is loss. So typically what's under fear of something is loss. Of something. Loss of health, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, loss of a job, loss of financial stability, you know, loss of your pet, I don't know, anything. But underneath fear, a lot of times, if it's not survival related, then it's usually loss.
0: Which then, so say like the example of like someone maybe not honoring what their authentic self is leading them to like in their lifestyle, their career, whatever, they can be thinking about like loss of acceptance, loss of, I'm trying to think about like the loss that maybe keeps people stuck when it comes to like stepping into who they're really meant to be.
1: So for example, this woman, when I was saying like, gosh, your life just isn't working for you. She had a relationship where she was living. So if she moved and created a new life, what does that mean for her relationship? If she switches and tries to find a new job, what does that mean for her comfort in her current job? What does it mean about like leaving the place that she grew up, where she lived, right? So there's all this inherent loss in it. Even when we're desperate to get out of something, there's always this sense of loss or grief that can happen underneath. Think about a divorce that you just can't wait to have happen, right? I don't know why I'm saying that. But like, if you're like, I, I can't wait to be out of this relationship or like, oh my gosh, it's just this is so what I want, so what I need, I'm going to be so much better, you're still going to experience loss and sadness because you had dreams attached to that relationship. You had ideas and ideals that you thought would happen that went with that relationship. There's usually something to lose because we're so temporary and we're in such a temporary world. There's always loss that's inherent. I mean, think about progression just by its very nature. We're building a new building. We're tearing down something.
0: I mean, that visual just there, because it's, that just makes so much sense. Like, it's like tearing down the old to build the new, because I've felt that a lot in my life. I'm like, my life is seemingly good. And there's been a lot of change that I, like, I'm finally stepping into things that I believe align to who I'm meant to be, like my authentic self. And it's, I keep resonating with this, just self-healing and healing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're fine, Alicia. But then it really has been like, I do think there's been a wound of, healing and when something about that visual about like tearing down the old to build the new like I resonate and I think that that's something that a lot of people are experiencing now like call it COVID call it whatever right like it's so present for a lot of us
1: and COVID gave us this time and space and and, and place to to get into like what's not working and, and then because we couldn't distract ourselves with, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go to the movies, I'm going to go out to dinner with a friend, I'm going to meet this, I'm going to go shopping, I'm going to go, because we couldn't do that, I'm going to travel, right? Because we couldn't do that, we're now going, where do I really want to be? What kind of friends do I really want to have? What, are, what is my value system really to me? What do things really matter you know, we're really all in this evaluation standpoint, and because it's not all free for all yet, right, there's still some restrictions in place, there's a little bit of a stagnant feeling just in general, because we can't yet make the big moves we may want to make. And I think with big changes, you know, when we're also allowing ourselves the big changes, we're letting go of beliefs and values and things that we might have might have used to keep us safe. As we do that, there are little parts of ourselves that we may have identified as that, and so then we go, oh, I'm letting go of that. So there's more grief and loss right there, right? I'm letting go of a part of me that this was my identity. And now it's it's not anymore. And so what does that mean about me? And so it can be sad. When I was leaving corporate and I was trying to figure out like, God, who am I? What am I? That idea that I had had of myself is like, I'm just a business suit. I'll make shit happen. I'll just do, 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 right? Run over everything, that had to drop away to find the softness of the intuitive space. And there were moments when I was like, gosh, would life be easier if I had just kept that? <laughs> it wouldn't have. It wouldn't, not at all. But, but that idea of we are, as we change and evolve and we peel away what we're not, because that's what we're doing, right? We're just peeling away who we think we should be, what we think we should be, and we're getting to that core essence. Then those things that we identified with are dropping off. They're falling away.
0: It's just wild to me. Like I think about, right. Like we've covered a lot of ground today. Again, this is one of those interviews that I'm like, Oh, I know I'm going to geek out so bad on this. And like, I'm seeing just like how interconnected, right. Like creating the space to connect to ourselves, start naming the different emotions or things we're experiencing in our body. It's like, I just see it as this quest of like, the more we get curious with what maybe we're externally feeling well internally too. like it's that curiosity that just leads you to like the next nugget, which is the next nugget that like brings you back home to who you were meant to be before we were conditioned away from ourselves,
1: yeah, who you are, who you I, are, you come to who you are. And that it's so interesting that you say curious. It's like curiosity without judgment. I had a friend the other day and she's um, going through a breakup and she's very, very sad about this breakup. And she was saying like, oh my God, I just, it was a birthday. And she's like, I just wanted to text me happy birthday. Like, why am I so stupid that I want him to text me happy birthday when he's been such a jerk? And, and I said, what happens if you just allow yourself to want him to text you and don't judge it? Give yourself that grace and know, because it's, you want to be loved and you want someone to acknowledge you and it has nothing to do with him. That's, it's just you, and what you want. Don't make yourself wrong for it. Like when we stop making ourselves wrong and judging our thoughts and our emotions and our behaviors, and we just go into it so much we can learn from just being curious.
0: It's unbelievable. And it's, it's you know, like earlier you mentioned, it's like the not hooking in and then the judgment. And then again, if we just let like, I love that, just giving ourselves the permission to feel whatever you're feeling, because then it can actually move through you if you don't resist
1: it so much, you know? Right. Well, and think about how that applies to relationships we try not to feel because we don't want to make the other person feel like they have to do something different. Like, Oh, you're going to go to the grocery store. Well, I already had dinner ready and now it's going to be cold. I don't like you talking about dinner, (laughs) Dinner must be super important today, but, but you know, I, I already have a cold. And so we're, we're going into this sort of judgment, you know, place of, of what they're doing. And instead of just like, it's really important to just, I want to just do this right now. You know, is there a reason you want to go to the grocery store? If we can go into the curiosity about why is it that you need to go right now? Like what's happening in you that you need it instead of taking a personal affront to it, right? Because a huge piece of growth comes from stopping taking things personally. Huge. It changes your whole life when you stop doing that. You know, the person in the store who bumped your arm and walked past you, it's like, probably had nothing to do with you. They were bigger than they thought, or they were, you know what I mean? Like they just took up more space or they had something in their hands or whatever. As soon as we stopped taking it personally, the person who cut you off in traffic, I'm sure that wasn't personal. Or It's just whatever they've got going on in that moment, wherever they're trying to get. I always tell myself stories when I get cut off in traffic because road rage was a real thing for me. I had to work on that. You know, I'd be raging all the way to yoga. I'm like, this probably isn't, this probably isn't right. (laughs) But I just started telling myself stories like, oh my gosh, they are going to get fired if they don't get to this meeting on time. Oh, their daughter's sick and they're trying to get there and, and help her feel better. I would just... I don't care if it's true or not. It would just make me not it personally. And anytime we can do that with any story, anything that happens, there's so much healing and grace that comes in that. But when we do take it personally, it doesn't tell us anything about the other person. It tells us everything about what our wounds are and what we need to work on.
0: Yep. Yes. And yes to all of that. It's unreal. Right. So is there anything, whether you, you know, someone listening on the other end of this is new to understanding self-healing, emotions, energy, like, like of the topics we've talked about, like, is there anything that you, a pearl of wisdom, maybe a place somewhere, you know, for this person to start, if they want to start getting more curious about, you know, their own energy, emotions, their authentic self, like any words of wisdom you would, you would partake or, or lay on for someone?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think the first thing is to drop the judgment and just see what you're attracted to, you know, what pulls you. And if we have trouble doing that, go back to like seven, eight years old, nine years old. What did you love doing? And when did you stop it? And why? Because that's going to tell you a lot about your natural essence. And what your purpose is. When I look back, because for a while I was like, oh, what I want to be when I grow up? And when I looked back, I played school in the attic. Like I had an imaginary class, I had a role book, I had teacher's editions books, you know, I had, and I would have said point blank, and I did say, I'll never be a teacher because my parents were teachers. And yeah, here I sit, you know, in a very non traditional sense now, but I do, I, I teach, like that is what I do. And so when we can really embrace, our essence and, and do, and, and go into learning about and doing what we're pulled to and attracted to, then we can break through the molds of what we think that should look like. And we can create the sort of life that we, that we love a lot more.
0: I love that. And stop getting in the way of ourselves, you know, just keeping yeah. it simple with that.
1: Yeah. Like, can we talk to a man yesterday and he's a, a huge, I mean, founder of a massive company and, you know, just was talking and, and I looked at him and I was like, there's an artistic side to you. I said, what was the artistic side of you that you never developed? And he's like, oh my God, I used to love to sketch and draw. And I said, when's the last time you did it? And he was like, in my twenties, you know, when he's fifties. And I said, your homework is to take class, go go draw, go sketch, go, go do that, go open that part of you because it, it got shut down in him. He thought he was supposed to be a lawyer because that's what his dad did. Right. He, he thought that's the path he should follow. And it took him further and further away from himself. And now he's at this age where he's like, what's the point of life? I don't, I'm not happy. And so it's finding that core part of what gives that just, I love that, you know, to do that.
0: I love that. And Dina, if people want to learn more from you, if they want to work from you, how do we know more about you? How do we find you?
1: My website is danachildsintuitive.com. And that's also my IG handle on Instagram, danachildsintuitive. And for the past year, 2020 and now 2021, I cover a different chakra each month. So if they wanted to learn about chakras, they could go through starting January of 2020 and learn each month as all 12, each month is a different one. They could like basically have chakra school. You know, if they look at all the posts and read all the posts, it's all it's about is just all chakras. So that would be where Currently, I'm revamping my books in the way I work, so to book with me for individual sessions, those will not be open for a while, but sign up for the newsletter, I would say, for sure, because a, what's going to happen is two things with the newsletter is one, you're going to be the first to know when my books open back, because you can book online. And two, I've just created the most amazing, it's basically like free intuitive school. It's so I like I created, I was like, wait, I'm giving this away. This, am I sure I'm giving this away? So the people who are on the newsletter list will start to get that as soon as the as the campaign is finished. It's in the technological build-out stages. And then every month they'll get like, videos to you know to learn to practice they'll get exercises to practice intuitive gifts to do so I would say sign up for those two reasons Um, I am doing live retreats so in October of 2021 I'll be in Boone North Carolina doing a live retreat at the Art of Living Center all about relationships and um, in September of this year 2021 I will be at Four Seasons Oahu in Hawaii I've partnered with them, so they'll be releasing some um, guided meditations I did, and then there'll be a, a weekend, a long weekend workshop there at, the, at Four Seasons, which is just incredible. Like a um, meetup. Yeah, and then there's some deep immersions that I'm still currently booking. I'll be booking those through the summer. So that is if someone wants like a deep, intensive three-hour or an eight-hours over two days, um, and all of that's on the website.
0: Amazing. Well, Dana, you are a delight. You have been so generous with all of your emotions. I feel like I could have talked to you for like 16 hours straight. And I know that (laughs) anyone that tunes into this episode, I think is going to learn a lot about themselves, a lot about, you know, that curiosity with themselves, not judging and leaning into our authentic self. So, so many words of wisdom. I thank you so much and everyone tuning in. Thank you for, you know, joining for another episode of the wake up call podcast. And I can't wait to connect with you on a future episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you wanna connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really like the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life.